Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 319. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Uh, we are uh, in the middle of the uh, first uh, round of playing games uh, for the NBA, and uh, let's discuss. Yeah, I mean, before we cover the playing games i did want to update uh, our over under picks from before the season uh we do have a, a final thing here we got everyone's finished the season so um tony win big win nice 17 so, and 13 so i finished uh 15 and 15 uh and sean came all the way back to tie me as well so look at that <laughs> we all went at least 500 what really killed me there was washington um i think they they went three and seven in their last ten, losing that by a half game there. Um, and then the Spurs also lost that one by a half game right at the end. Uh, they could have they could have won. I think one of their they did win their last game, but I think it was their second to last game. They definitely yeah they played Minnesota. Um, but this was not meant to be for me. I think uh, what makes that the most impressive though is the fact that all three of us at least were five hundred or better. That's uh that's pretty good. You know, you can't, you know, ask for anything more than that. I mean, none of us had a losing record on this and a, despite a season 2 that had the Sacramento Kings as a 3 seed and the Dallas Mavericks with Luka and Kyrie missing the playoffs. So, it was a wacky yeah. season a little bit. So, so the big overperformers in the East this year were the Pacers. Um, were still very bad, but they were project- projected to be one of the worst teams in the league. So they they outperformed the projection by 11 and a half. Uh, then the Knicks outperformed theirs by eight and a half. So big surprise for them. Big surprise. Nice season. Um, and in the East, the big three big surprises, uh, Utah, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento all way overperformed. So um, Utah and Oklahoma City were thought to be among the worst teams, but they you know, were right there. Oklahoma City did get that 10 seed, but Utah, you know, they didn't want to win at the end. They, they kind of fell apart. Um, two yeah. and eight in their last 10. Um, but then Sacramento was projected to be kind of mediocre and, you know, got the three seed. So um, on the other side, we have the the teams that's really uh, messed up this year. Uh, Detroit Pistons, despite being projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, uh, was the worst team, had one of the worst records in the NBA. You know, that's 17 to 65 is it's not historically bad, but it's usually one of the it's usually the worst team in the league <clears throat> with that record. Um didn't work out for their their rookie Jaden Ivey this year, and Cade Cunningham, the pick from last year, uh, barely played. So there's a little bit of an excuse. <clears throat> yeah, is there any is there any upside for that team going forward? I mean, obviously there's a chance they get that top pick, and I mean, if they did get the guy from France along with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, I mean, Killian Hayes is pretty good. You got a. Uh, so as far as young guys, I mean, I mean they they might they got Jalen Duren was another lottery pick from last year. Um, and they, they gave Bagley and Wiseman a chance. And I don't know if either of those guys are. Well, if they get the Frenchman, good. one of those guys ain't going to be there. Uh, according to their depth chart, Buddy Beheim was on yeah, the roster. Was, That's ridiculous. I was just going to say. That's, Coach Beheim's, yeah. uh Coach Beheim uh, retired, though, I think, by the he way. Did, right? He yeah. did. Yeah. Try to go watch more Buddy games in Detroit. Sure. In the safe streets of Detroit. Well, uh, um, well, I still got some more disappointing teams. We got the Charlotte Hornets, another terrible team from this year. Um, Lonzo or Lamelo Ball is out for a long time. 
Um, and then in the West, we had a number of underperformers. Uh, the Suns in Warriors, seven and a half under. Uh, the Clippers, eight and a half. And then the big one, the Dallas Mavericks, ten and a half games under their projection. Um, went from the Western Conference Finals to not even being in the play-in. Big disappointment. And I don't know. I, I, you would think there's going to be big changes, but maybe not. They, they said they want to bring Kyrie back. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Teams, yeah, I, I saw some stats that Kyrie actually played pretty well. I think it was just more so Luca. I don't think knew how to play with a, a guy that's his equal. Yeah. I think the other problem was they did trade worthwhile players. They did. I, I agree with that hundred percent. I even said when they traded that away, I said they they lost a lot of depth there. Uh, uh, what's uh, Finney Smith and uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie yeah. good players, guys and, that fit fit a role as well. So. Exactly, and I, and uh, to your point, when you say that with fitting a role, I mean the Lakers. They didn't go get a superstar anybody. They got a couple guys that have been good role players, and they've been successful since the trade deadline. So that sometimes that's more important. You surround your star players with good key role players, and you know they went and got another star player, and Luca just uh, collapsed. It, well, you know his attitude was a lot to do with it, also in my opinion. But uh, but anyway, speaking of the teams that did make the playoffs, uh, or actually, I guess we should talk about the playing games I, first. I want to talk about the teams that are already locked in yet. Okay, the, the matchups we already have. Let's talk about that then. First. So uh, the three, six, and four, five matchups are already locked. So that starts uh, on Saturday is when the the game starts. 10 a.m. Also, we get basketball yeah. all day long. It's so, like Christmas. So literally. Sean, um, the Sixers will be on TV, but so will everyone else. So of you don't they worry will be. But, uh, they play 10 a.m. Um, they're playing the the Brooklyn Nets in the three six matchup that I believe they're going to be heavily favored. In. Yeah, just sleep in that day, Sean. You won't have to watch it. <laughs> um, and then the four five matchup in the East it should be a good one. Cleveland and the Knicks. That'll but, be a good series. That's going yeah. six or seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia sweeps the Nets. Yeah, maybe so game, maybe Brooklyn gets one in Brooklyn, but I don't know. So game one's at three o'clock, um, and then also the last game on Saturday. 3-6 matchup in the West, the Kings and Warriors. Um, Sacramento only favored by one so, because the Warriors are going to travel. I, I want to talk about that game really quick, and I, I brought this up last week. I said if these two teams played each other, this is – if you people listening or gamblers out there, this is my recommendation. Game one, take the Kings. I think that stadium is going to be – Arco Arena, I don't know what it's even called now, but – Golden One Golden Center. One Center. It used to be called Arco Arena, and back when – the Sacramento Kings were really good when they had Mike Bibby and Stojakovic and Weber and all those guys. That place would get rocking. It was like known then as like the loudest stadium. And they haven't seen playoff basketball in I think it was 16 years, 16 seasons. Yeah. Was- and they're going to be facing their uptown rivals in the Golden State Warriors who went 11-30 and 30 on the road. And I know this isn't too much of a road game because they only have to travel like an hour and a half by car, by bus or whatever. By Hyperloop. Yeah, by Hyperloop. Uh, but I would take the Sacramento Kings in that game, just the first game, because I think the Sacramento Kings are going to come out. I think the crowd's going to be energized. I think they're going to play a good game, but I think game two comes back to earth. Warriors win that one, and then it goes back to Sacramento. I mean, it goes back to Golden State, and then Warriors will take care of business. I think Warriors end up winning the series in six. I think Sacramento can at least get a couple, and I really do think they'll get game one. Well, I think what's notable here about this series, um, it's a financial issue, but if you look here, I'm pointing for Tony. Okay. Versus the other games. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, say that really quick when Andy's bringing to my attention. The Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers game in Philly, tickets, it says, are as low as $57. 
In the Celtics game, which we don't know who they play yet, tickets are as low as $114. In the Cavaliers-Knicks games in Cleveland, tickets are as low as $61. Sean, I'm going to play a quick game with you right now. Golden State Warriors at Sacramento Kings. What do you think the tickets are as low as? $230. $409. I always think about that. It's like you can go to a, a game in Memphis for probably like 15 bucks. If you want to see the Lakers, you want to see the Warriors, you're going to pay 400 It's obnoxious. You could fly mm. to one of these little pretend cities, <clears throat> go to a game, and still spend less money than going this to is, a game. This is in Sacramento. This is the Silicon Valley money traveling. Yeah. You know, this is a... This actually does throw me back too. I feel like we've had this conversation before a few finals ago when the, or close to it when the Warriors were in there. And actually, Sean, in Memphis, you were right. Tickets as low as $69, close to $15. Yeah, basically. It's actually Milwaukee that has the lowest prices right now. So, $41. And that's the team that's predicting free beer. And the funny thing about Milwaukee is they're the favorites right now to win the NBA finals and they have the lowest prices. (laughs) Go see the NBA champions for free. Yeah. It is obnoxious. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it really is. Because you know those seats are way up there, too. But uh, it's also the fact, too, that, like Andy said, it's the Silicon Valley money mixed with the fact that Kings haven't been there in 16 years, and they really do love their Sacramento Kings up there. It used to be a rockin' arena. I wonder if they'll have Vladi and his family, you know, like in the uh, like theater uh, balcony seats or something, have them yeah, take sure. a bow. If uh, if Lakers play the Kings in, in one of the rounds, Vladi will be like uh, one of those moms watching both her sons in the <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl and have a jersey on that's like half Kings, half. half Lakers. Although he's probably more loyal to the Kings after what happened. I would think so. Yeah. But he was traded for Kobe Bryant, at least. So, yeah. I mean. You got to understand. Exactly. I think that's pretty cool to be able to say like, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I respectfully took a place so this guy could be a Laker legend. Um, and I fought in multiple wars, and I'm still alive. Well, that's a fun fact about Andy for everybody listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Andy, for telling us about your life. <laughs> um, the last matchup that we uh, have finalized is uh, Clippers Suns, so four five in the West. Um, not feeling very optimistic. I'm feeling relieved. I don't. I don't know what to say. Like I wanted them to make get this matchup. Because I don't have confidence, and I feel like it'll be a quick death for me oh, in some ways. Um, you know, the whole world is pulling for the Clippers. There's like nine people on the planet that like the Suns. Yeah, everyone kind of dislikes that team. Um, but, I, you know, I like Chris Paul still, so there's kind of a win-win. Uh, but I would be a little more optimistic about the series if I didn't watch the last two games of the season from the Clippers, which was just devastating because they, they did win them, but... Um, so they, they beat the Lakers in a big game last Wednesday, I think it was. Um, and then yeah, they, it was so they had to outlawed from television. Yeah. In order to avoid the play in, they had to most likely win the next two games. Um, although that's actually didn't end up being true, but, uh, in what did they have to play was Portland who was sitting all their starters. Um, that was a tough game. They were losing at halftime, but they ended up winning by close to 20 points at the end of the day. But, uh, still rough to watch that that first half, uh, and then against Phoenix, who I think sat seven players, so you know no Aiton, no Paul, no Booker, no Durant, no campaign even. Um, the Suns were winning for ninety percent of the game. It was it was pretty rough. Got got down double digits at, at a certain point, and it just did not seem like they were going to. They're getting it uh, out win. of their system, Andy. Um, see, look, so some guy named uh, Jock Landale. From St. Mary's. Had an incredible first half. I think he had like 13 in the first. Um, This guy, Sabin Lee, 
he had 25 points and 10 assists. And again, a guy I've never heard of in my life. And, and a negative nine. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did end up losing the game, but it was, uh, it just, it, it was rough. I mean, you see the, the Clippers won by five, but they won the fourth quarter by nine. Um, so it was like a, a stressful game the entire time. Yeah, it looks like it was only a bad first quarter. They came out a little flat, 19 points outscored yeah, by nine. No, they, but after that, it was horribly. plus four, plus one, plus nine. I mean, so. the, the big thing is three-point shooting is means so much. They were five of 20. Yeah, well, that was not how they did against the Lakers last week. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It could, that be, was, it could be so different. They couldn't. Well, that's why you, what's the famous saying? You live and die by the three. They lived by it again last Wednesday against the Lakers. They died by it, but still survived against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, if you just look at the the guys who played in this game, it's like who who's even going to be in the playoff rotation for Phoenix that actually got minutes? Uh, probably not too many guys, but um, it was it was a really rough game to watch. And now it's like, do I even want to watch any other playoff games? But um, I think I saw yeah, Phoenix has not lost a game with Kevin Durant yet, so he will be playing in this series, and Paul George won't be. So not not loving the way it's going, and that that's just the way Phoenix works is they only play teams if they're injured during the playoffs that that's what happened last year and the year before so yeah well we'll see but uh should we get to the four teams or no the eight teams that are trying to get a spot yeah so we got the action going on right now yeah um hawks and heat the hawks were the eight um they're having to play the heat on the road but uh right now they're leading by double digits so. and uh if the hawks win this game that gives them the seven seed and then the heat would then play the winner of the 9-10 matchup, which is the Toronto Raptors is the 9 seed, Chicago Bulls is the 10 seed, and then the winner of that game would get the 8 seed. So uh, the loser of this Heat-Hawks game uh, has two chances. You know, they get to double dip. But uh, I'll tell you what, if he, I mean, if he were to lose this game to the Hawks, and that, let's just say they, I mean, either one of those teams to play, that's not going to be easy. I mean, this could be one of those situations where the 7 seed, even at home, could lose two games. But uh, we'll see. And then on the west side, the West Coast, we've got Lakers home against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who will be without Rudy Gobert because he decided to punch his teammate Kyle Anderson on the bench on Saturday. And they will also be without uh, McDaniel, who punched a wall after their victory on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday, I'm sorry, a Sunday and broke his hand. So uh, Minnesota seems a little out of whack right now. As a Laker fan, I'd like to think Lakers will get take care of business and get the seventh seed. But the like we just mentioned, the winner of this game will get the seventh seed, and the loser will play the winner of the number nine seeded New Orleans Pelicans against the number ten seeded Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, two teams that have played great this season. Uh, two teams that will not be an easy matchup for uh, the loser of the Lakers and uh, Minnesota game. So uh, the West, I uh, should be uh, some good matchups. These are some good playing games. These really do feel like you know. I mean, this really is the playoffs. The playoffs does start today. The playoffs has started, I should say. Yeah, I don't. I don't count. And uh, I hate it. But. Tickets are as low as twelve dollars for the Pelicans and uh, Thunder. If anybody is interested oh, in that. <laughs> so Sean, there you go. There's one of those made up places. Yeah. Yeah, the city of New Orleans, not real. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to get to. I, I've driven past that place. Well, there was one other thing in basketball I wanted to talk about that I uh, forgot earlier, but um, with the season in the books, we do have the final records, including the final uh, records East versus West. So, uh, I find it interesting. The East beat the West again for the second consecutive season, so it looks like 
626 to 604 was was the final records there. Um, and if we're going to talk about that, I also have some uh, some stats for us. But what's interesting is Vegas in the over unders had the East at 624 and a half, so they were very close. Wow. And they had the West at six six oh eight and a half. So actually, they had the over-unders being like three more over than possible. That's always a reason that you should take the unders. People like taking the over, so mm-hmm. even bears out here. But And uh, this one, speaking of Vegas and stuff, I've got this uh, ranking thing, which is the – these are the top – I'm going to give you guys the top teams and the t- uh, that could that you would have won money on this year if you blindly bet like $100 on every single one of their uh, games this year with the spread and uh, the teams that would have lost you the most money. So I'll just let you guys try to guess really quick. Uh, did oh. you see my phone? Did you see it? I did. Okay. Well, I saw the first team, but it's pretty obvious. Okay. Well, I'll try to have you guys guess a couple of the top teams here. Uh, Andy and Sean, who do you guys think were the top? I'll let Sean go first since Andy already knows who number one is. Sean, what team do you think if you were to bet $100 on their spread, no matter what, if they were underdogs or favorites, on every game this season blindly, what team do you think would have made you the most profit? Oh, is it a common team or like? I, I mean, no goddamn idea. One, one, one out of thirty. I don't know. Kings? No, the Kings were top five though, so you were close. The Kings were number five. I know Andy saw it, so Andy, you can say who it was. Utah. Yep, the Utah Jazz plus nine hundred eighty-two dollars. I'm guessing second was the Thunder. The Thunder was third oh. at plus six ninety-four. That second was, was Sean's choice. Second was Sean's favorite team. Philadelphia 76 God damn it, I almost said that just because they're everything. But. And then uh, the Knicks were fourth at 613. Boston uh, was sixth at plus 501. And then you had the Orlando Magic, plus 485. Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks, wow, Bucks, <laughs> plus 416. Denver Nuggets, plus 317. Cleveland Cavaliers, plus 225. And the Phoenix Suns, surprisingly, plus 106. So those were your profiting that teams. That makes no sense that the Suns were. Yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So only 11 teams out of the is it 30 or 32 30 out of the 30 were a profit so your negative teams the chicago bulls negative 74 warriors the um toronto raptors negative 82 nets negative 88 sixers negative one i mean i'm sorry the pacers negative 165 lakers negative 457 the blazers negative 541 the clippers negative 545 the pelicans negative 554 the Timberwolves negative five sixty two. The Hornets negative seven twenty nine. The Warriors negative seven thirty six. The Memphis Grizzlies negative eight twenty two, which is wild to me to think that the team that's yeah. number two. But again, this is the spread, so it's they it's they, game. they were winning games, but not by the margin they should have been. Washington Wizards negative eight twenty three. Detroit Pistons negative one thousand one hundred sixteen. The Atlanta Hawks negative one thousand two hundred sixteen. Uh, Houston Rockets negative one thousand six hundred eighty two. The San Antonio Spurs, negative 1,889. The Dallas Mavericks, negative 2,152. And then finishing off with the worst uh, money for you this year, the your loss, your biggest loss would have been if you bet $100 every game on the Miami Heat, negative $2,167. And the Heat are currently down by 17, so uh, as five-point favorites. So this would be a continuation of losing money. So kind of interesting. It's kind of... Crazy to think that the team that was your biggest profit team didn't make the playoffs. And then you have teams like uh, uh, Memphis that are the number two seed that were in the bottom ten for uh, profit. So it's a crazy season, like we said. 
But I think, uh, is that going to wrap us up for uh, NBA? Yeah, ready yeah. to move over to baseball? Yes, baseball. The baseball season has begun, and there is one team that has chosen to not lose a game yet. And I'm st- I'm a little indifferent about it just because, without a doubt, they've had the easiest schedule so far to start the season. Uh, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays, who are now a sizzling 10-0 and and are currently up 5-1 to on the Boston Red Sox with their ace, Shane McClannan. Is that how you say McClannan? How do you say his name? I don't know. He's on the hill. And uh, I don't think they're going to blow this one. So they're looking like they have a good chance to go to 11-0. and But let me just say this really quick. So the Rays this year on the money line in all 10 of their games, this is how they've been so far. Minus 247 favorites. And then minus 195 favorites. Minus 275 favorites. Minus 182 favorites, minus 178 favorites, minus 275 favorites, minus 282 favorites, minus 295 favorites, and minus 295 favorites. And for those of you that don't know that, it's you have to bet $295 to profit $100 if they're minus $295. So they've been big favorites in every single game this year, and that's because they've played three against the Detroit, I almost said Detroit Pistons, but the Detroit uh, Tigers, three against the Washington Nationals. Three against the Tampa Bay Rays, and then now two are on their second game against the Boston Red Sox, who are also, you know, not a very good team. I mean, they were only like minus 145, I think, maybe yesterday or something like that. So it did go down a little bit, but yeah, it's, uh, they've had a lucky schedule. And, you know, something's got to give at some point. I mean, I'll be interested to see how good this team really is, but, uh, you know, I, I have to see them play a real team here soon for me to, you know, Think are they the best team in the West? And by the West, I mean the whole <laughs> league. And I mean, I think it, I think they'll lose one when they they have to go to Toronto this weekend. But then after that, they get three against Cincinnati. So I mean, that's easily two out of three, if not all three. Tickets as low as six dollars at Toronto. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what uh, what say you so far about the Rays, Andy? You're a our baseball expert. Well, I mean, a, a Rose Arena, I remember, was the the darling of the the, the bubble year. Yeah, uh, hasn't yes. been as exciting since, but he's he's doing good here. Um, and then Wander Franco is one of the best prospects coming good. into last year, I think, and he's performing well. So um, I can't remember if I said over or under. They're always they're always there. They're always in the mix. They're never going to be bad because they're going to figure. Even if they don't have the greatest players, they'll figure some weird bullshit out. So. Yeah, they, they play an interesting strategy. But yeah, when you saw that that play in Washington and Oakland back to back, like those are two oh. teams that like they're yeah. It's crazy to think that so single far, players <laughs> up until they played Boston yesterday, the best team they played so far is Detroit. Yeah, if you've played ten games and the best team you've played so far is Detroit or nine games, that's a good start to the season. Um, what else we got going here in baseball? I see we got some some, some pitcher news. some injury news for a player who's not even actually playing professional baseball or major league baseball right now. Um, but an interesting story here. Another another guy who uh, really showed up during the bubble year, uh, Braves pitcher Ian Anderson. Remember, he was, I think, only 21 when he, uh, he came up with the Braves and pitched very well for their playoff run in 2020, which uh, they did not win the World Series, but they, they went far. They went to Game 7. Uh, he came back the next year in 2021 and had a great regular season and another great playoff run. And in a year they did win the World Series. Last year was a big disappointment for him. I don't think he was even part of the rotation in the playoffs. Um, he didn't even make the major league roster coming into the season. Um, but after, I think, one one start in AAA, um, he got hurt, and he's going to have to have Tommy John surgery. So I think 
if you're a Braves fan, you're hopeful that he was dealing with these injuries the whole time, and this is he'll return the same when he comes back. Um, he's still only 24 years old, uh, but it's kind of crazy to have a guy who was like so awesome for a couple years at such a young age just kind of disappear. And I hope he disappeared for another year plus. Um, but yeah, when he comes back, maybe he'll be a 26 year old starter and he'll be with a new elbow and he'll be uh, ready to dominate again. Well, that's always hopeful. Yeah. Is there anything else uh, this season that uh, I'd like to just mention that I actually did get to go to the angels home opener. Okay. I got invited by my buddy. Uh, thankfully, I'm lucky enough that my buddy, uh, his dad has season tickets, and whenever they can't use them, or he always gets a bunch. I don't know how he does it, but and it's one of those things where we don't ever go to the seats. Like there was like 12 of us or something on on Friday night, and it was like we just went, we just get in, and we just kind of stand around at like the lower level and just have some beers, and everybody just talks and hangs out, and it's a it's a good time, and uh, you have a good view of the game, you can see it well, and. That unfortunately was the night that they lost four to three. The other two games were really exciting. They uh, kicked some ass, hit a few home runs on a Saturday night, and then Sunday was the really good game when uh, they were up six zero and then blew the lead, gave up a, like a six or seven run sixth inning, and then ended up being down ten seven in the bottom of the ninth. Came back on a two run double by Hunter Renfro, who has three home runs in their last three games. Hunter Renfro is swinging a hot bat. I know you like Hunter Renfro. He's my dad's least favorite player. I've already had two conversations about him. Oh, really? He just that's a guy who only swings for the fences. Yeah. He can't put the ball in play. And it's like, all right, there you go. This yeah. Old, old guy complaining. Yeah, no, he's not wrong though. I mean, that, that is true. I actually saw yeah, never mind. I don't even know what the stat was. I just know I saw it about Tony Gwynn. Speaking about like people that would have liked an old-fashioned guy that put the ball in play. Uh but uh, yeah, I mean, and then Mike Trout did a home run opening night. He had another one on Saturday. He's been, you know, swinging some home runs. So I don't know. The Angels are off to a 500 start. They're five and five, but that puts them right at a, a game behind Texas going into today because the Mariners and Astros have kind of had a sluggish start, and the Oakland A's are going to be very, very, very bad. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. It should be. A, I, I'm still optimistic that the Angels can be a, a playoff team this year. Yeah, and right now, not too many teams are, are you know setting the world on fire. It's all pretty uh, compact right now, so nothing to worry about yet. Um, I did want to ask about the game experience because um, I thought about this with the with the new rules in baseball. We've, we've seen it's been about twenty minutes shorter, I think, um, and that's great for a TV experience. But I was thinking about that going to a game. Is going to be different, right? If it, everything moves so quicker now, yeah. Basically, you baseball can't, so leisurely. You can't but, be late. Yeah. And then the other thing too is that I thought about, which my buddy didn't even uh, didn't really realize. My buddy that invited me until I mentioned it to him because uh, I actually ran a little bit late uh, to the game because I took a date with me. So it was a uh, we were uh, you know of course just a little bit late. That's how it goes, right? And uh, but I think we got there probably around the. Actually, you know what? No, you know what? We did get there on time because they had it was opening day, so they did the whole like flyover and announcing the team, the lineups. So that actually did save us. But uh, the other thing to think about too is they stopped serving alcohol in the seventh inning. So, so one of the teams already changed that rule. I forgot which one. Okay, but they're already like, shit, we can't do this. It's now eighth inning. Okay, that's that's not a bad idea. Because yeah, because you want sales at the end of it, right? I mean, that's what you care about, and. but overall, it was it was a good experience. It was a it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, it was you know it was nice to be back at the ballpark. I mean that's always a fun time on a Friday night after a long work week. You know to that's how you get to un, unwind, be at the game with some uh, some friends. But yeah, no, it was a it was a good time. And uh, 
you know, it still felt like it ran smoothly, like a normal game. I didn't really notice too much of a difference. But to your point, though, like going back to the whole beer ending in the seventh inning, for uh, example, last week, uh, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Alcantara for the Florida Marlins, the reigning Cy Young, he threw a complete game shutout, and the game ended in an hour and 57 minutes because he already pitches efficiently and quick, and then he threw a shutout, and with the pitch clock, so, I mean, if you do get, like, an old-fashioned pitching duel like that, I mean, there is chances these games are done in two hours, which means there's chances that that seventh inning comes an hour, 25 minutes in, and you're like, oh, shit. I mean, it's, and it's everything. It's not just how much beer you can drink, but, like, when you decide to go buy a drink. And then you usually wait in the you lines. Go, you wait in the line, you're like, well, I won't miss much, but, like, you might now. You might miss a whole inning. Yeah, that's um, true. Go to the bathroom or so something. So, it's like, yeah. yeah, the thing I said is, like, I saw was don't come late. Come early if you're going to get food. Get there at 6.30 and so buy was, some food. And. That was what my buddy who invited me, his dad. His he, they were, The game started at 6.40. And like I said, with all the introductions and stuff, it really didn't start till about like 6.50, 6.55. But uh, he even told me, he's like, yeah, my dad wants uh, – we're getting to this place to pregame around like 4, 4.30 because my dad wants to get into the stadium by 6. And I was like, oh, okay, well, all righty then. I get it. Well, are we ready to talk about the Masters? Yeah. Um we got rain. I think that's the biggest story, right? Yeah, that was... Aside from the winter, maybe? That was heavy. That was pretty neat watching. I think it was Saturday morning. I think it was Spieth sitting under the, you know, in the middle of the fairway under the umbrella with his caddy, and you could just see it's dumping. Then he steps out. I thought he was just waiting it out, but no, he he steps out, hits that ball. The rain just completely dis- disrupted his whole approach and... uh a lot of people were going into the fans, near the fans, into the you know rough, into the wood chips. Rain's a mess. Yeah, and it was. I mean, it also brings cold weather, which is a little harder to golf in. You know, the ball doesn't move as, as much in a and in cold air. It also um, uh, makes Hall of Fame golfers with multiple surgeries oh, make yeah. them start to feel pain and have to leave. Yeah, um, but I think. I think of what they, they suspended it when I think the leaders had gotten through like halfway through that third round there. Um, so some people had even finished the third round. Um, but what it meant was on Sunday we had uh, extra golf. We had uh, I, I, wrapping up the third round in the morning uh, with then with a little break. And, and it felt like a, a West Coast U.S. Open with the action kind of um, going all the way to like four o'clock. Um, but. The bad part was John Rom basically had it wrapped up by one o'clock. Um, after, <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm trying. I can't. Kepka, I'm blanking Brooks, on Brooks Kepka, Kepka. Yeah, kind of fell weekend. apart, uh, and it was just kind of over. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to lead it. Like it's very. I feel like very rarely you see like, you know, most of the guys lead like the whole whole way. And I mean, Kepka was. I think he was up on Friday. Was he leading on Friday or? I, yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think he had his best. I think, round, I think, I think he Friday. had a three shot lead at the end of the. Last round, and then Saturday he was. I think yeah. I think I think he went into Sunday with like yeah, at least like a. I think it was like yeah, at least a two shot lead, but I don't know. But anyway, he had a good game or a good round, and then yeah, John Rom just stayed close and then got ahead of him, and then once he got ahead, he never looked back. And congrats to John Rom for his first uh, his first Masters. Yeah, it was interesting that um, Kepka, you know, is one of the the LIV golfers, mm-hmm. and that was a big. Storyline like is this guy going to win this year? 
Uh, and funny enough, wasn't Phil? Phil got second place. He got second, yeah, and Kepka um, got third. So he I mean, finished it, way earlier than everyone. He had a great final day. Yeah, sixty-five, and, I believe, on the final day, and just let other people fall behind him. And at the end of the day, I mean, Phil doesn't need the money, but that's a nice little paycheck in second place there. But um, it's also remarkable. He's he's over fifty. That's that's pretty great. I don't know if that was. I, I was going to say, I think that's more of the thing at his age too. Is that. Hey, look at look what I can still do. I'm still and everybody knows the name Phil Mickelson. That's one of the names that you don't even have to watch golf. And if somebody says Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, it's like you're like, oh, I know, I've heard those names before. <clears throat> yeah, and I think even even though people are down on the the LIV thing, I think I think Phil Phil's reputation is fine. I mean, he's had his own other issues. Yeah, he's but got, I think he's, he's still like at the end of the stuff. day, people like him. But it's it's, it's the other guys that I think are. Taking more of the reputation hit, but um, yeah, they weren't. Well, to the younger there. guys, because I think yeah. people don't blame you if you're over fifty and you're like, "Hey, I still golf. I know I can't really compete as well anymore. I'll just go take the money." Like, why wouldn't you? But when you're still like in your twenties or thirties and it's like you're still in the prime of your career, then that's when I think like the people get upset. And I, I saw a quote from Kepka that said that during this Masters was the best he's felt in a long time, and said that if he had felt as good as he does now back when he made the decision, he said he wouldn't have made the decision. So true or not, I don't know, but yeah, I don't I mean, and it's hard to withdraw out of uh, the live. They said that uh, they'll take triple of your bonus. So basically if, if Kepka were to have a hundred million dollar bonus for him to break his contract with the live, he'd have to pay them 300 million. So you check out, but you can't never leave. Yeah. yeah that's Hotel why Livifornia. Don't do business with fascists. Yeah. <laughs> They'll cut you up into pieces if they don't like you. That's what they're known for. So, um, yeah, can't That's feel the only thing they're known for. Just for anybody listening, can't feel too bad uh, for them there. No, I definitely don't. But um, yeah, it does. It did feel like the opening of spring. I think I said that last week as well. But just like it was eighty degrees or something on Sunday, Saturday. It yeah, was just like it was a nice day. Yeah, we we moved seasons. It still gets cold at night, mm. but um, even though we did see a, a weird. Some weird weather here in uh, Georgia there with some, I think, temperatures in the 40s um, and the rain. But then we had nice sunshine for the, the final round there. And um, I think everything's turning turning around. We got a nice sunny day today. So Yeah, we do. The flowers are out. It's wonderful. <laughs> Hell yeah. A lot of the weeds are out, too. Yeah, Me yeah. as a landscaper, that's the one thing that's been my enemy right now during this season. But, uh, all right. What do we uh Let's move over to next? soccer. Soccer, that's right. So the Champions League quarterfinals took place today. It has begun, and it began with Benfica versus Inter Milan and Manchester City versus Bayern Munich. And uh, Benfica played host to uh, Inter Milan today, and Benfica was actually a slight favorite, but they lost 2-0 to Inter Milan, and that's going to, in my opinion, just about do it for them because now they have to go to Milan for Game 2. And for them to outscore Milan by two goals, I think is not going to happen. And then let alone three goals is definitely no chance. Inter Milan plays a very good defensive style. Uh, They're going to be at home and they're going to do everything necessary they need to do to just make sure they don't lose by two goals or more. And I think they'll get the job done. So Inter Milan looks like they're going to move on to the final four. Which would guarantee two Italian teams in the final four. So. Exactly, and uh, on the other side today, the big the big matchup, the two best teams left in the tournament, uh, Bayern Munich and Manchester City, played it together today in Manchester, and Manchester took care of business and they won big three zero. 
this was expected for them to win, but winning by three goals was, I think, a little more than expected. And that's huge for them because now they go to Bayern and they just have to not lose by three or more. And I, I don't, I can't even tell you the last time Manchester City lost a game by three goals or more. So that shouldn't be an issue at all. They should, this isn't the same Bayern Munich dominating team that we saw, you know, years ago. So it looks like Manchester City, without any surprise, is going to go to the, the final four. And then uh, next week we will have Real, or I mean tomorrow, we will have Real Madrid versus Chelsea, which should be a great matchup. And we will have Napoli versus, uh, I don't know why I can't see it. Where is it? <laughs> Other Milan. Other Milan. I'm sorry. That was a really weird way they had that smudged up. I was confused. I saw the Italian flags and I thought they were playing themselves. <laughs> Napoli Milan, which uh, should be a good matchup just because these guys, they know each other well. So uh the home team just got to make sure they take care of business or if a team can sneak one on the road like inter milan did today then that'll be a big help too but uh tomorrow's matchup should be two really good matchups so uh yeah should be a should continue to be a good uh champions league nice i don't know all right uh should we talk about nhl yes the season it's coming down to the wire here. boston did do it i believe set the record right I, i that's the first thing I think so, yeah. So here's the look at the updated uh, standings. <clears throat> We've got uh, the Boston Bruins, number one. Carolina Panthers, number. I mean, Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> number two. New Jersey Devils, three. Toronto Maple Leafs, four. Rangers, five. Lightning, six. Those are the for sure teams that have made the playoffs in the East. So now we get down to the wild card. The Florida Panthers, the New York Islanders, and Pittsburgh Penguins are the three teams left with the chance. And the Panthers play one game more, one game left, and they have 92 points. The Islanders have one game left, and they have 91 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins have two games left as they are currently playing the Chicago Blackhawks, and they have 91 points. So they this is a big game for them to win. So that race in the East is going to be very, very close. And then on the West, we have uh, – let me see here. Let me pull it up really quick. On the West, we've got uh, – the Vegas Knights, number one. The Oilers, who have been really hot lately, at number at the number two. The Avalanche, three. Stars, four. Kings have dipped down to five. Minnesota Wild, six. The Kraken, seven. And then it comes down to that final spot between, uh, pretty uh, just between two teams, Winnipeg and Calgary. And Winnipeg has two games left as they're playing right now. Well, Calgary like has Calgary's been eliminated. Oh, I'm sorry. Calgary has been eliminated. Nashville's still alive because they have two games. <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry then. Nashville is alive with two games left. Calgary has been eliminated, so that must mean they a tiebreaker with Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Nashville uh, needs to basically win out as Cal- as Winnipeg is currently up uh, 2-0 right now in in Minnesota. Well, then it's over if they win. Yeah, so even if they tie, I think it's over. Yeah, so yeah, you you're right. They would be. It would be over. So and then and and you what? Know, you're right. It would be not tie. O- overtime loss. Sorry. Yeah. Gotta get the terminology right. <clears throat> I wish they just did ties. Just, no, Andy's right, because I did hear that today that if uh Winnipeg as long as Winnipeg got in overtime, they'd win. They'd clinch a playoff spot. So uh it's looking more than likely Winnipeg is gonna get that eight spot. So good so for them. Congratulations to all of Canada. You did it. Except for Calgary and Vancouver. Yeah. Well they got they got and two Ottawa. teams in the West and they got uh one team in the east. <laughs> fucking yeah. Ottawa, fucking Montreal not doing their job. But yeah, so probably another another year of a drought. I guess Toronto could win the Stanley Cup, but they never do. But they could. Yeah, but it'd be another the, year the of East no. Is, the East is pretty tough this year. There's yeah. some some good teams, good teams in the East this year. 
But yeah, and I'm excited for the playoffs. It, it's going to definitely be a good NHL playoffs this year. I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, to that this season. But I think, yeah, that wraps up uh, any of the NHL. Just keep your eyes on those playoffs. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right, well, that'll wrap us up for episode uh, 119 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thanks for listening. Tell a friend. See you later.